When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hey guys, John here. I just want to talk about something for a minute. We actually have a Patreon up right now in full swing, and that is our $5 a month plan. It's called Movie Lovers Classics. It covers bonus episodes, reviewing classic movies like you're about to listen to right now with the uh, little Caesar review that we just did, early access to episodes, monthly newsletters, shoutouts on the main uh, feed, early access to episodes, and then we also have... All Access Documentary Series Review, which is $10 a month. And that includes bonus episodes, Eli Roth's History of Horror, Early Access to Episodes, Monthly Newsletters, Free Digital Movies, Shoutouts on the Main Feed as well. And then that also includes our classic uh, movie reviews as well. And then our $20 a month plan is our VIP Movie Lover. And that also includes bonus episodes, classic movie reviews, interviews with independent actors, actresses, directors, and comic book writers, and it also includes movie lovers documentaries and early access to episodes, monthly newsletters, free digital movies, and shoutouts on the main feed as well. Go ahead, subscribe to the Patreon. We hope that we'll see you there, and always until next time, guys, bye-bye. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast episode, I actually have just Isabel Things Podcast. Say hello to everyone, Isabel. Hey, everyone. What's up? I'm Isabel. And we're actually going to be reviewing The Devil All the Time. This is the new Tom Holland film that came out last year, and it also stars Robert Pattinson. This is actually one of those films that I didn't know exactly where the plot was actually going because you don't know how it actually connects, right? So I was just thinking, like, mm-hmm. okay, how does these characters, pl- uh, why, how are these characters actually placed? What's the deal with them? It kind of reminds me of that movie Traffic that came out where you don't know, there's like different sets of characters, you don't know how they connect. And then once the plot twist happens, then you realize these characters actually connect. So, what did you think yeah. about the whole entire opening scene with Bell Skarsgård, who's a Marine vet during World War II. Willard Russell finds uh, General Sergeant Miller crucified by the Japanese and shoots him to put him out of his misery by shooting him behind his ear. So what did you think about that opening scene? So pretty much the whole, if you haven't seen the movie with, if you haven't seen the movie, basically the first 46 minutes of the movie, I looked it up um i'm a very big i love movie facts like fun facts and stuff and basically the opening scene or the first 46 minutes like the main characters don't really come on until after 46 minutes so with bill how do i say his last name skazgard skarsgard my sister told me skazgard i don't know we'll call him he plays willard russell um and the first i'm gonna be completely honest I didn't really, like, his part definitely fit with the rest of the movie. Like, you had to have his part in order for the rest of the movie to, like, happen to understand what was happening. Right. Um, 
but for the first 46 minutes I was like oh, like where where's Tom like let's like right this is kind of I, I thought it was a little bit boring um but it, it, you had to watch it in order for the rest of the movie to make sense um right so yeah but it def- but yeah yeah <laughs> And then, of course, you know, it moves into the whole fact where Bill Skarsgård actually, which is Willard, he goes back into his hometown and he winds up finding the wife that he actually wants to marry. And mm-hmm. then, of course, you, at the same time, you actually have these other two set of characters that's going to be intervened later on in the story as well, where, remember, it's the fo- a photographer and his wife that comes into mm-hmm. play. Yeah. And so they're being introduced at the same time that this is going on. It's kind of like strangers passing by. You don't know yeah. what they're doing in their own life. So, mm-hmm. therefore, that's what I looked at it as. I looked at it as two strangers passing by. They don't know each other and going about their business because they don't yes. intersect at all. So, mm-hmm. then it goes into – oh, go on. Oh, no. I was just going to say I thought it was cool how – this is just kind of a broad thing, but I thought it was cool how a lot of movies these days, you know, they take place in, like, New York, L.A., big cities, but this is just kind of took place in – suburb ohio it's uh takes place in knock ohio and yeah in west virginia and um it was actually filmed in alabama fun fact i like to put in movie fun <laughs> facts um it was actually That's filmed fun. in alabama from march 2019 or no february 2019 until april or until like uh late spring 2019 um so it was filmed and it just it was filmed and then it got it wasn't like delayed that much. Uh, it was supposed to, the movie was supposed to come out in May of 2020, but then like coronavirus happened and right. then it came out in uh, September of 2020 on Netflix. You guys, sh- you can guys, you guys should go watch it on Netflix if you haven't already seen it. Um, but it's kind of cool to see how it was like, t- took place in a small town. Yeah. Right, Exactly. You know, I definitely love the small town setting. You can actually feel the vibe. It actually sets the story up really nicely. And the Mm -hmm. time era and everything was really good, though, too. Because, you know, as time goes on, you know, Willard actually has a son. And, you know, of course, the mother winds up dying in the, Mm -hmm. like, 46 minutes of the film. And, you know, the thing that I thought that was actually fascinating was the fact that they actually, Willard actually went on ahead, built a place where he can actually sacrifice things to God so the way he can try and bring things back. And it's kind of like, Mm -hmm. it feels like very Old Testament and everything in that nature with the Bible and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. back in those times, it was not really, to me, it was not considered kind of weird at that time because people actually studied normally out of, right. Because it was Southern Gothic. Yeah. Right. Because it was, think of it, it's actually the Old Testament laws and stuff like that. So, therefore, that's actually what they're practicing. And yeah. so, that's something that I thought that was really interesting. And then Willard is also thinking that he can actually bring back his wife if he winds up, um, once she dies, once she, well, what winds up happening is he tries to sacrifice the dog. Yeah. And yeah. And try and bring her back. Yeah. Um, so, that's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. And then. Um, you know, it was a small cast and kind of like going back to what we said about the small town, like it was kind of like that small town where everyone knows everyone, everyone goes to the same church, everyone, um, mm-hmm. 
you know, that type of aspect. And it is a small cast, and Tom has admitted that it was a small budget film um, directed by Antonio Campos. I don't remember what else he's directed. Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, Not on top of my head or anything, but, you know, I could actually feel that is the small budget type of thing and it's a small casting, mm-hmm. which I love, because you don't yeah. really need to go big on this budget at all. Mar- like especially Marvel size, head. like, yeah. Right. And it's good to see Tom in something small rather than something huge to show his dramatic right. side of things. Completely agree. Mm-hmm. So that's what I really loved about it. And yeah. like I said, um, this movie actually takes place in the 1950s, of course. And this is also, too, where we are actually introduced into the ev- uh, matter of fact with this preacher who's just batshit crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's just the easy way to actually put it. Because of the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, he's putting spiders on his face because he said that his fear was they were spiders. Real spiders and fun fact. Right. Mm-mm. <laughs> Sorry, I would be using yeah. raid. I hate spiders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it was kind of cool to see, like, you know, Tom and then also, like, Robert, you know, these big actors. And there were also some small actors who, like, I didn't really know, but the big actors, Sebastian Stan. Um, Tom, Robert Pattinson, um, it was kind of cool to see them all coming together uh, for a small, low-budget, not mainstream, mainstream movie. Right. Exactly. And also, too, this also this movie also made me change my mind about Robert Pattinson altogether, because I've been waiting for a yeah. movie that just wowed me with his acting mm-hmm. abilities and everything. None of the other movies that he played in worked, but this one in particular worked for me. And everything because yeah, I'm always rooting cause... for him. I, here's here's the thing: everybody knows him from Twilight and stuff like that. Yeah, but I'm always rooting for him to actually give me a good performance, and this is one of those performances that he actually gave me. Yeah, yeah, because but... he had to, you know, do a southern accent. He had to like be crazy. He had to do crazy things. He was just a different character and I think it's going to be kind of interesting. Are you looking forward? I know this is a slightly off topic, but are you looking forward to the new Batman movie? Yes. Once I saw I am vengeance, I'm like, yes, this is the Batman that I've been waiting for. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> so yeah. when's, that, when's that coming out? It's actually being filmed. Like they had to keep on pushing the movie back because number one, Robert Pattinson mm-hmm. got the virus. Yep. People started getting sick. So, this movie's probably not going to be released until th- sometime the end of this year or something, I believe. Okay. All right. Sounds cool. Right. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Another thing, too, that I actually want to mention, Robert Pattinson didn't even go to, like, an acting coach to have the no. Southern accent. Yeah. Yeah. Which he was impressive. kind of did it. But Tom has a uh, dialect coach or, uh, um, that goes with him on all of his movies. I don't remember the name of him. Um but he, you know, he helps him with his Peter Parker, his Southern accent, his, you know, he's going to be in Cherry, helps him with his, like, Cherry accent. So, yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, the preacher I thought was kind of insane. Roy is also yeah. bitten. That's the name of the preacher is Roy. He was bitten by a spider on his face and has several allergic reactions. The effects, his grip on reality. Roy comes to believe that he has the ability to resurrect the dead. Once again, we're dealing with Old Testament law. And yeah. we also see that when he kills his wife, thinking that he can resurrect her and everything because he thinks yeah. he's the apostle. And yeah. I'm like, 
dude, you just committed murder. There's no bringing her back, no matter if you believe in God or not. She's dead. Mm-hmm. And exactly, you know, exactly. it's all this Southern Gothic Catholicism mentality. or Christianity coming together. Right, exactly. And you know, we actually get a lot of that from Robert Pattinson, though, too, which we're going to cover later on. Because he, I find just, I just find him very creepy, and everything yeah, too, especially like when he's looking. Yeah, he has like that creepy look, and I feel like it kind of just started with him being in Twilight, and he, he, him, like in, especially in Harry Potter, um, Goblet of Fire, he just kind of had like this pale, like vampire look to him. Definitely, and then of course, you know, like I said, and then. After that winds up happening, you actually have he winds up hitchhiking and leaving his friend or cousin in the car, mm-hmm. and yeah. he can't get out of the car because he's in because he's in a wheelchair, so confined mm-hmm. to a wheelchair. So he's wondering where he went, and then he winds up he winds up hitchhiking, right. and that's when he winds up with Carl and his wife yeah. Sandy and his wife. Actually yeah, what? That was that was so weird. Were they like so? I did a podcast. Well, I did an episode with my friend Sophie. We talked about kind of like the movies of Netflix of 2020, and we talked about Devil all the time. Like, were they just like mass, just purely like mass murderers, or were they just like like what like what was their purpose in killing like all these people? You know, like taking them um, and just doing like weird stuff to them and then killing them. Like, what, mm-hmm. like what was their purpose behind it? Well, for starters, they're serial killers, so they don't... Yeah. But another thing, though, too, it goes with perversion, where they're perverted. And Sandy, I think, you know, you can definitely tell Sandy, as time went on, she didn't like it anymore. Yeah, she was like... He was getting crazier, and she was getting like, I don't want to do this. Right. Like, her husband, yeah. Right, exactly. Because Carl was actually getting crazier. Sandy was like, look, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Or anything. And, mm-hmm. you know, and Carl just kept on pressuring her over and over again. Like, and, come on, it's okay. You know, we can, like, yeah. I feel like she was also pressured into this situation when from the get-go. Probably, I feel like this yeah. is all of, all of Carl's doing. Mm-hmm. If you actually yeah, think about it. Because yeah, it's his fetish that he's fantasized yeah. about, and he kind of brainwashed her, but not to like a full extent. If that makes any sense, right? Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, but yeah, and then they they wind up doing their ritual involves picking up male hitchhikers and escorting them to have sex with Sandy, while Carl takes photographs and then murders them. Roy refuses to have sex with Sandy, and Carl shoots shoots him and kills him. Such a, so weird. So, so weird. It was. And it's, like, but uncomfortable like, to watch in a way, but, like, that's what made the movie so intriguing to watch, you know? Just Definitely. these elements of, of you know, you have just crazy, like, screaming, like, uh, you know, when we saw the preacher, he was screaming, you know, delusion, like, all that stuff, and then, <laughs> um, and then you see, you know, this element of doing these horrible, horrible acts, and then you also, there's death, there's also death, murder, which is, like, the same category, um, there's family, there's suicide, there's, 
like there's assault um just there's a rape. bunch of so yeah right. right so many elements just coming into one movie um which makes it interesting like you know a lot of movies you see today don't have all that they might have some things um some elements but not all elements if that makes any sense you know I feel like right. movies these days kind of lack that, but it was interesting to see that in this movie. Definitely. And uh, first I'm like, who do I root for? Because it seems like there's nobody to actually root for in this film. Everybody is pretty much Everybody's really doing devilish. something. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's doing something but, wrong, uh, illegal. Yeah. Right. But I have to say, I do like Bill Skarsgård whenever he winds up out of the blue and he just starts wailing on these guys at, and everything when they least expect it. Mm-hmm. And I like the philosophy yeah. is like, get them whenever they least expect it. Because if you try and strike them head on whenever they're expecting it, they're going to start defending themselves. So mm-hmm. I definitely love that part with uh, Bell Skarsgård. And then, of course, you know, his, of course, Tom Holland also picks up on that later on when we yeah. actually deal with um, his, matter of fact, went, yeah. Well, Lenora, uh, his stepsister. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know how I think it was when the two guys who were like bullying Eleonora, the, I think they're in like a garage, like fixing a car or something. Yeah. And Tom Holland comes and he punches them. So fun fact, actually, for those of you who are watching slash listening, fun fact, um, what happened was, Tom, you know, in, in movies, you know, when you punch someone, um, you know, you either do it like this, like, not, like, hard, but enough so it's, like, real. you can tell. Yeah, yeah enough so it's real. Um, but he actually accidentally, on the last take they did, and the take they used in the movie, was him accidentally punching him in the mouth. <laughs> um, like, right in the mouth. And he said, like, the kid, the guy was cool about it. So um, <laughs> I just wanted to add that in there. But it was That's really pretty funny. cool. It's pretty funny. Yeah. I just feel bad that he got his butt kicked on the set and, yeah. and everything, but yeah. still, it worked out for the scene, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. Next, well, let's see here. We also talked about Charlotte when she was diagnosed with cancer. We talked about that with Willard and everything, doing the sacrifices. How all happens in 1957. That's also when Tom Holland's character goes to and meets Lenore for the first time and becomes his adopted stepsister. And mm-hmm. then Arvin is actually given his father's Luger pistol for his birthday. Mm-hmm. Which I thought that was actually pretty cool. At this time, you actually see Tom Holland. And yeah, you actually see like his character first, first develop. Mm-hmm. That's his first appearance. And I thought it, like, I feel like in movies, we kind of talked about this earlier, like, I feel like, you know, you usually meet the main characters in the first, you know, couple scenes of the movie, not so much almost to the halfway point. Um, and it's kind of funny. Another fun fact. I'm full of fun facts today. Another fun fact. So they actually filmed Bill Skarsgård's scene at the end of production. So they filmed from the time mm. Tom Holland. So they filmed like the last, you know, from the 46 minute mark until the end. They filmed that part first. And then they filmed the Bill Skarsgård part, which is pretty interesting. Okay. Um, that, is, that is pretty cool, though, because I know sometimes in production, they actually film certain scenes first, and then they hold back mm-hmm. and do the beginning, uh, the last, depending on how you're doing your flashbacks or whatever they're trying to do first mm-hmm. and everything. So that is actually pretty cool that they actually use it in that way because it actually works. 
because mm-hmm. I've seen it where it doesn't work in some movies, but in this case, it really does. It gives you that yeah. emotional attachment as well. Because you don't mm-hmm. expect uh, Bill Skarsgård Willard to die, to blow his brains out, and now Tom, uh, Tom Holland's ca- character Arvin has to go ahead and move into um, his adoptive place, where he ha- now has a, an adoptive a, adoptive sister, stepsister now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, and I've never seen any movies with that. I don't know who sh- what her like real name is. I think it's I don't know what her real name is. Anyways, um, I've never seen any movies with Lenora. Other movies with Lenora. Well, I don't know her real name. Same. No, like, I'm glad that they used an unknown. I'm glad that they used like, an unknown. Yeah, actor. like used like smaller act- actors and actresses mixed with bigger. I think that was pretty cool. Um, because you know, you know, Tom Holland, uh, Sebastian Stan. You know, they they they're from Marvel. When you have these big guys, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, Chris Evans, um, big guys in big in Hollywood, and then they come to these smaller roles um smaller low budget roles and it's filled with smaller actors but it's kind of cool to see the smaller actors um playing with the big guys i guess and um hopefully it'll work out for them in the end and we'll see them in bigger productions and films and shows definitely you know i'm actually happy to actually see big name actors going into the smaller screen because back in the Mm -hmm. 90s and even in the 80s or maybe 70s, you would never see an Al Pacino on a smaller screen or anything like That's that. True. That was like mm-hmm. a that was like a big no no. It's like no, I do not want to be categorized as a TV actor. I'm a movie actor. There's a difference. Yeah. But to me, what paved the way for actors uh, to be in these kind of roles on a smaller screen was The Sopranos because that was actually the first television series that felt like a movie rather than mm-hmm. a TV series. Yeah. And if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have gotten Breaking Bad. We wouldn't have gotten all those other mo- uh, TV bigger, shows. Bigger so shows, now, yeah. Right. So now these actors are like, you know what? I need to go on ahead and get into this thing now. Mm-hmm. Because while the iron is hot, and I don't, yeah. and I'm not going to be categorized as a TV actor. I'm still a movie actor, but I'm in this 12-hour movie that's 12 episodes. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's and, actually how I felt. Yeah, the, yeah, and I know Tom has mentioned that he wants to do more of these smaller, like low budget indie films down the line, and he has so much of his career ahead of him. And same, same with like Robert Pattinson. You know, he's going to do Batman, which is going to be a huge, big, multi million dollar, probably multi billion dollar movie when it comes out. Right. Um, <laughs> and then it was. You know, like it's they might do some smaller indie roles down the line and like yeah like you said like you wouldn't see you know big name actors in the, in the you know early 90s going down to do like a small low budget movie for netflix for exactly like that, you know most definitely and and netflix you know, wasn't a thing back then but yeah no no but i get what you're saying though Mm-hmm. And, and everything too like you would not see them like on Buffy the Vampire Slayer you would not you would not see them in any type of 90s style crime tv series you would not see mm-hmm. them in something like a USA special on yeah. or, or on TBS or TNT special and everything yeah. let's see Rossi says true yep nice <laughs> and, um, was there anything in this movie that you didn't like okay so did you feel like the runtime was a little too long for a two-hour movie for this to be two hours? Or did you? Because yes. I know you said that the first 
half was kind of boring for you and kind of dragged on. So that's what I was yes. kind of curious about. Yes, I thought. How long is the movie in total? Like, do we know? Like two, two hours, hours, two hours and fourteen minutes. Okay, so I do think the first forty-six minutes were a little long, but yes, it did make sense for the rest of the movie. Um, and yeah, I did think it was a little long. It was a little slow for me. Um, and it's definitely a slow one. Yeah, and overall, the movie got mixed reviews, and I can see like why could get mixed reviews and i think a big part of it the reason why i got mixed reviews is that first 46 minutes definitely i can definitely see why that would get that split and everything too um but yeah for me the runtime did seem like it got kind of a snore fest a little bit especially in the middle for me Mm -hmm. just a little bit not much yeah like after that first 46 minutes yeah right And because I'm waiting and waiting for a scene, because here's the thing, I want to see Robert Pattinson too, so I'm like, when does his character come in? Yeah, when does he, you know, start going crazy and um, all that stuff. But one of my favorite lines in the movie was when uh, Tom Holland said, uh, uh, excuse me, preacher, you have time for a sinner. That's like the most (laughs) iconic line in the movie. Um, And that's when, you know, that kind of starts like, I feel like when that kind of, or well, personally, I think when Len- Lenora, she, like, kills it's herself. Right. Or, yeah, well, like, when, well, I do like the part, like, kind of before that, but, like, when Lenora, like, hangs herself, um, like, mm. after that, I that's when the movie really picked up. But I did like the parts, right. you know, her getting bullied, um, Arvin, you know, like, defending her, um, being by her side, and then, but... You know, just in general, like, I mean, it is true, like, once uh, once she hung herself, like, things started to pick up, you know, that's when Arvin right. found out about it, he went to the preacher, or he went to the preacher, he was like, preacher, you have time for a center, and then, yeah, that's one thing. Yeah, like, yeah. is one of the guys that seduces the members of the church, and mm-hmm. I here's the thing, I did not like how he treated Tom Holland's adopted mother. And oh, put yeah. down on our food. On our I would have actually, yeah. I would not attend that church after that. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. peace out, deuces. I'm out of yeah. here. I'm not going to put up with mm-hmm. this. And then you can definitely tell there's some creepiness into his eyes. Just his eyes alone tells he you just this gives, creature. Like, a bad vibe. Not. Yeah, I love the look because, like Rossi, Rossi is also a uh, independent actress as well. And oh, awesome. Yeah, and not, we even said this, 99% of the time, acting is not di- dialogue. It's actually the way you look at something. And mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson's character just gives you that bad creeper vibe. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, it. yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Um, what was your favorite part of the movie? It's hard okay, to pick so, a favorite part of this movie because of, like, the themes of it. But, yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah, it is definitely hard to pick out a favorite scene. It's not like the happy-go-lucky kind of movie. Yeah. But I would have to say that iconic thing that you mentioned was my my favorite one because that's seeking justice for a stepsister because if it wasn't for him knocking the sister up and taking advantage of the sister and then also, too, Tom Holland's actually watching him from a distance and watching yeah. him make his moves, Robert Pattinson's moves. Unlike and he's watching, too. 
right and it's not just his sister he realizes right mm -hmm. yeah so he's picking them up he's having he's having sex with them and then he knocks them up that before it's a repeated repetitive cycle yeah. over and over again right? yeah so anyways now i'm gonna get into my favorite scene though i like it whenever he does say that and then he has the gun in his hand yeah it reminds me of the punisher in so many ways i've never seen part. the punisher but okay <laughs> yeah, because with the okay, are you familiar with his lore or anything like that? Do you know? Um, in wait, in the Punisher or Punisher or in the movie developed? No, no, the I don't know. I've never heard of it. Okay, okay, the Punisher is this guy who winds up punishing criminals for crimes that they've done. So okay. you know, Spider Man will go in hand and arrest somebody, make the you know tie them up with their webs and everything. Same thing with Matt Murdock, mm -hmm. Daredevil. Oh, with okay, yes, okay. So with the Punisher, though, he sees corruption. He sees the mob getting out of prison. He sees, for example, Robert Pattinson doing this. He's going to kill them point blank. He won't. Right. He does not care. He's going to find a way to kill mm -hmm. you because the Punisher is actually one of those characters where I actually love because oh, here's the thing. His family gets killed in front of him. And mm -hmm. then he, after that, Frank Castle is just dead. He's actually a war veteran. And from that moment, Frank Castle is no no more than no more Frank Castle. He is now the Punisher. He's going after other criminals and everything, and putting them to death. So that's actually the kind of vibe I got from Tom Holland was he's taking justice into his own hands and he's punishing Robert Pattinson for the crimes that he's done. Yeah, yeah, that is true. And I feel like we do kind of see that in other movies. I can't name them off the top of my head, but I feel like that's like a not really a theme. No. Something that could happen in other movies, if that makes any sense. I can't make, I can't, I don't know any movies off the top of my head. I would have to think about it, but yeah. And then he goes, and then, yeah, yeah, all good stuff. Yeah, I would say like when he's in the church and he goes, um, hey preacher, you have time for a center. I would say that was probably like one of my favorite lines, favorite mm -hmm. parts. I thought that scene was well done. Um, right. And Yeah. And then also, too, after that happens, he realizes that he can't stay in this town anymore. No, he, he has, has to leave. leave. Yeah. And so he winds up walking on the side of the road. And who does he see? He sees, <laughs> of all people, the serial killers, the white. Carl and Sandy. Carl and Sandy. Yep. Yep. And, and I love the when... tension about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is kind of when Sebastian Stan's character kind of starts coming into the mix of yes. um, kind of like the last like 45 minutes of the movie. 40-45 minutes of the movie. Right, and matter of fact, I love the tension in the back seat because Sandy is like, oh no, it's like, no, I do not want to do this or anything, whispering yeah. to Carl. And Carl's mm -hmm. like, we're going to do it. No, we're not. And it's yeah. like a back and forth thing. And he mm -hmm. thought for sure that Tom was just going to be an easy pick. Right. He, Tom winds up killing him and then takes, and then also kills Sandy, I believe. And yep. then kills the both of them, takes their car, goes into the town that he grew up in, grows mm -hmm. up in and, and that's when he like goes, through, goes in the yeah. forest or woods, forest, whatever it is. But he meets that, but he meets the guy who knew him when he, from when he was a kid. Yeah. Um, Which I thought was pretty cool. The sheriff. Yeah. That brought him in. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. And then that's when he, like, goes in the f forest, whatever you want to call it, sees the 
cross and then yeah and then Sebastian Stan is like I like I know you're hiding like I know you're here all that stuff because even he's corrupt even Sebastian Stan's character is corrupt as well, mm-hmm. because he has something to do. I don't know if he has something to do or whatever, but he was going after Tom Holland because he's wanted, I believe. Yeah. But I know that he was actually corrupt. He was a corrupt cop. Mm-hmm. Because at the very beginning, when remember when he said he was going to run for office and he was actually getting a hand job from one of the girls. Oh, yeah, I remember that. that. At mm-hmm. the very beginning. So that showed me a little bit of corruption from his part, taking advantage yeah. of Just, yeah. citizens. Mm-hmm. And, and then since he is it's kind of interesting to see because he was really protective of his sister or not Arvin I'm talking about Sebastian Stan's character because isn't Sebastian Stan's character his, his character sister is Sandy mm-hmm. yep. Um. so he's protective of her yep. wants to get back and so was Arvin for Lenora Yep. That's actually an interesting plot twist that you don't see coming. You don't realize mm-hmm. that or, like they're related, right? You don't, you don't see the yeah. fact that, that Sandy and the cop is actually related in some way. So now he's mm-hmm. pissed off at Tom Holland for Arvin, who killed his sister. So now he's going to go after him. And then also, too, yeah. you can another thing, too, is he doesn't want his family name to be shamed. So he's actually throwing away the evidence and stuff like that, too. Right. I remember Sandy. that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to cover it up with uh especially whenever he now knows that she was actually responsible for everybody disappearing mm-hmm. during that time period. So yeah. I thought that was actually interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally agree. And then do you want to talk about or well, we're already kind of on the topic, but that kind of like last scene um where He's so like after you know, because he kills the, the guy, he kills the Sandy's brother, the cop, mm-hmm. Sebastian Stan. Um, and he's walking down the road, he like leaves, he's walking down the road, and then another hitchhiker picks him up. And doesn't he say he's gonna enlist in the military? And go yeah, to Vietnam, he says right? gonna, yeah, he says he's gonna enlist in the military. Okay. Um, which was pretty cool to see. Um, and there's probably in this movie is based off of a book, so like the, they probably wouldn't do like Devil All the Time too, you know. Right. Um, um, it just kind of like ends, and it ends like a good way. I really liked that and the ending of the movie. Um, I definitely yeah. have to say I like that too on the way it ended. It's very settled. Tom is actually happy. Well, he's happy in a better place than what he was mm-hmm. before and everything. And he doesn't have to worry about some looking over his shoulder or anything like that. He has some type and he of just peace. Goes. Yeah. Well, because I feel like him going back to his past is him burying his past and moving on. Mm-hmm. Too. Especially whenever you see him looking up at the cross, which I thought the cross would be gone. Somebody would have tore that down or something. Yeah. But it you know, was still but, there when he came back, you know. But yeah, I love the but fact yeah. that he goes back. Yeah. So very cool. That's. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on with this movie? Um, I'm not sure. I overall, I really liked the movie. I don't think it's gonna win any, like, 
but I don't think it might, I don't think it's going to be nominated for any Oscars, maybe like some smaller like movie um, awards, like not as big as like the Oscars. I thought Tom and I thought everyone had a really great performance and I would probably give it 3.7, no, 3.8 stars out of five. Okay. For me, I'm going to go a 3.5 out of 5. Okay. So, so yes, you know, cool. it is a good movie. It's not it's, like... It's a good movie. But, it's not right. blockbuster, multi-million, multi-billion dollar production. Um, it did do pretty good on Netflix. I was kind of looking at the stats earlier. It did do pretty good on Netflix um, that first week or two that it was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's going to be kind of interesting to see because all these guys, you know, like the main guys, you know, Sebastian Stan, he's going to do Falcon Winter. Well, he already filmed Falcon Winter Soldier. That's coming out. Right. Um, you know, you have uh, Robert Pattinson. Batman is coming out um, the next year. Tom Holland's do- filming, currently filming Spider-Man 3. Um, Cherry's coming out. Chaos Walking's coming out. And then, yeah. It's going to be an interesting year. I'll tell you that for movies. For movies. So I can't wait. And not just the actors yep. in Devil All the Time, but just uh, a bunch of movies got pushed back. Uh, Black right. Widow is going to come out this year. so I'm excited for that one, too. I'm excited mm-hmm. for Black Widow. Yeah. A lot of good movies that are coming out that, unfortunately, that we didn't get to see this year that we're supposed to, or this past year that we're supposed to see. Right. So it's going to be a good movie year, I think. Definitely. I remember I wrote out all the movies I wanted to see last year. <laughs> I had a whole list. I only got to see maybe two. Right. Yeah. Only got to yeah, see I did two out of the ten. Right. Mm-hmm. I did an episode where I was like, movies I'm looking forward to seeing. And, you know, all I, you know, in it, I was like, oh, yeah, this movie's coming out in October. And, of course, like, it's pushed to next to May. So, or, you know, like, t- stuff like right. that. Or movies that are, like, being beyond pushed to, like, next christmas or something like that um so yeah all right so explain what your podcast is to everybody because i yeah, didn't get a chance to actually do that explain that um but for hello again to everyone who is watching um my name is isabel i am a teen podcaster and creator and host of the just isabel things podcast um i started my podcast march of 2020 and five days before the world shut down. So kind of my thing is, you know, I had to get used to e-learning, but also podcasting in the same week, um, which was crazy. But I think that's what kind of makes my story unique. Um, I know a lot of people started their podcast during quarantine, um, but I started mine like literally five days before quarantine. So it's just been a crazy journey. Um, I've talked about in my podcast, I've talked about, I've done a couple episodes on movies. Um so you guys should go check those out. I've done, I've talked about music. Um, I talked about podcasting, how to grow your podcast. I just pretty much talk about everything. I don't have one particular area, I guess. Um, but thank you all for listening. You can follow me on Instagram at just.isabel.things.podcast and check me out on all podcast streaming platforms. Just look up Just Isabel Things, Spotify, podcast, all this good, good, good stuff. Definitely. What about you? And, Do you want to talk okay. more about your your yeah, area, yeah. I guess? So basically, I started podcasting in 2019 of July, and I've just been plugging away since. Movies has always been my passion. 
first I started off with a Facebook page, Movie Lovers TV Lovers United on Facebook. Then I moved into the YouTube world. And then after that, YouTube changed up their whole entire deal where I couldn't do live feeds without having so many fans. So then I was like, you know, and then my this other guy named D, who actually runs FTO Nerd Talk, was like, you know what? Why don't you try podcasting? I'm like, wait, what? So then I just started just being addicted to it. Like I, it, like every single day, I'm actually constantly thinking of something new. I do not slow yeah. down. I have 291 episodes done. I used to do like two That's episodes in one day. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I eat oh, and breathe podcasting. <laughs> so I love that. But That's anyway, awesome. Thanks. Appreciate it. Because here's the thing, if I don't, I feel like this, and it's not the fans that make me think this way, it's me and my thinking. I feel like if I don't put out an episode, they, I'm doing a disservice to them because I'm not putting out an episode. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, you subscribe to me, so therefore I have to make content for you. And this is my art that I'm making for mm-hmm. you. I may be running my mouth for an hour, but this is my art <laughs> that I'm making. This, this is what I do, <laughs> so, and yeah. Right. I, I totally exactly. relate to that. Um, I just recorded my 50th episode, um, which was crazy. Like, I can't believe it's been 50 episodes. Uh, you know, before the Stan and I were talking, we were like, you know, it's crazy how fast this year has gone by um, with and the craziness of COVID. Um, right. Just a bunch of things happening this, this past year. Um, but it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a really big year for the podcasting community. Hopefully there can be some more like, events like in person I think it would be really cool to go to like a podcast like conference or like convention almost um and I think a lot of more people are meeting I've meeting so many new people every day um so yeah I'm interested in seeing you know kind of where my podcast takes me and takes you and takes everyone in the podcast community um I love the podcast community it is such an awesome place to be awesome and I've never felt so like like the podcast community like, I've heard some stuff about the YouTube community, you know, especially with, like, the big name YouTubers, like, tons of drama, but with, like, the podcast community and, like, our kind of realm, um, it's, like, everyone's super supportive of each other, super nice, always willing to help out, and, yeah, it's just been a really great experience for me, um, so, yeah. Okay, well, let's see. Everyone, you guys can actually follow me at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Facebook. You guys can also follow me on Instagram at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite over there. Of course, guys, if you guys want to, go on ahead. If you want to donate some money towards us, go, go on ahead and show us some love by going down to the GoFundMe link below. Another thing, too, guys, is if you are loving movies, if you love movie reviews, if you love movie TV news, and also, too, movie news and TV articles and stuff like that go to www.movieloversunite.com check that out we're doing different things every single day trying to build the page back up again we took a little small hiatus a little bit just because there was no news coming out nothing really that was really popping so we're actually starting that back up pretty soon another thing too guys is this we're a matter of fact i'm actually going to be doing another show at eight o'clock interviewing an independent director producer for his independent film tonight at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. And then, of course, guys, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And also, too, we also do trailer review- reviews now. We actually do trailer reactions that drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Matter of fact, we just dropped our 
retro trailer review for Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. So if you love old classic ones, we do trailer reviews for that, trailer reaction reviews. As a matter of fact, it's called Neighbors Watching Trailers. Me and Frenchie, we do one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Go on and check that out. And always, until next time, I hope you guys enjoy this show. And also, too, show me some love. Go ahead, hit that thumbs up button, share, smash that sh- uh, share button. Tell everybody about Movie Lovers Tonight. Tell everybody about Just, uh, Just Isabel Things Podcast. Go ahead, show us some love. And always, until next time, guys, bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thank you. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DeGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have, they also have, finish, if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person. How-to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always, until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless.